Welcome to the Core Women Podcast, the place for women entrepreneurs, authors, and self-starters looking to build community and gain valuable insights through expert interviews with women at the top of their game. Join your host, podcaster, producer, expert coach, entrepreneur, and author, Dr. Summer Watson, as she aims to inspire and empower you through these candid conversations. Lean in and embrace the journey. It's time to start the show. Here's your host, Dr. Summer Watson. Today on the show, I would like to welcome Christy Krako, who is someone that views sobriety as a radical act of self-acceptance and who is a coach, an educator, a writer, mixed media creator, and the founder of Purple Dog Sober. Christy founded Purple Dog Sober during the pandemic when it became apparent to her that women were struggling with trying to balance home, work, and the schooling of their children. With all that women were expected to juggle came a rise of using alcohol as a coping mechanism. The mission of her work is to provide women with a safe space where they can begin to explore their relationship with alcohol. She does this using the framework of anchor pages and the process of sketchbooking. Her newest venture is Sober Wild, which is an outdoor adventure recovery space based in New York. We have so much to talk about today, Christy. So let's dive right in and welcome. Great. I'm so excited to be here. Ah, I'm excited to have you here. Thank you for sharing time with me. Before we delve into your professional journey, can you describe your life thus far in one word? I'm going to choose resilient because I have been through a lot of things and I just keep bouncing back up somewhere. Somehow I just had an early resiliency muscle that I was uh, able to lean back on. And it's been my thing that just keeps me going. Thank you for that word. I have a question about that. Do you believe that resiliency is both innate and learned or just innate or just learned? I think it's both. I think some people just for whatever reason seem to be stronger naturally and able to bounce back. But I also think it's 100% something you can learn and change about yourself. Um, you know, it's that shifting your mindset, shifting how do you work through problems, how you bounce back, all of that. So yeah, absolutely. Thank you. So tell us about your journey and then also Purple Dog Sober, how you've created that name and what that is. I mean, my journey started when I was 17 and and had my first drink of alcohol. You go through college, you're drinking. It seems normal. Everybody's doing it. I also did grow up. My father was an alcoholic, so I had alcohol in the home all the time. And just, it was always there. Happy celebrations, sad celebrations, had a bad day, had a great day, grief, anger, like whatever. Alcohol was the thing. When I got divorced and was living on my own again at the age of 47 and trying to figure out what the next steps were, I noticed that I was drinking a lot more and a lot more by myself because it was just me. Before that, I'd been drinking with my husband on our couch and all of a sudden it was just me on my couch drinking and That's when I started to hear that little voice at the back of my head, like, hey, you know, something, this isn't good. You need to change something. So that was my kind of wake up call. And I happened to be working with a health coach who was just like, hey, you know, why don't you think about quitting alcohol for 30 days? You know, I gained some weight. I wasn't feeling myself. I just felt really depressed and anxious. And so she was just like, hey, just try this and see what happens. And 
I did. And about two weeks into it, I was like, oh my God, I never want to drink again. I've been trying all the other things, hot yoga, crystals, nutrition, reading self-help books, but I never had looked at like, ooh, what is alcohol doing to my mind and my body and my soul? Like it's all those levels. I don't know, just the clarity I got from being, you know, not putting alcohol in my body for two weeks was amazing. I was client zero for all the work that I do in Purple Dog Sober. And Purple Dog Sober just grew out of wanting to bring the work that I've done on myself to other women. Because I think women do get really stuck in drinking. There's the mummy wine culture. I'm an empty nester and drinking can increase then. I think it's all these transition points that alcohol can become such a big part of. So Purple Dog Sober grew out of that idea that just to be curious and explore and I named it Purple Dog because we drink because somebody's told us we're wrong or we're too much or we're too quiet or we're too loud. Or like the kindergarten teacher saying you can't color a dog purple. And, you know, so right away, somebody's questioning what you're putting down, even though it's like, why can't I color the dog purple? So Purple Dog is sort of that idea that you get to be whoever you want to be. And just exploring your relationship with alcohol is just part of your journey. That's all it is. It doesn't mean anything. It's just being curious and exploring what alcohol is doing in your life. Absolutely. So let me step back a little bit because I think it's really interesting that you mentioned a couple of things that your coach had mentioned alcohol and maybe cutting back or cutting it out of your everyday life and your habits and so forth and so on. And I remember when I lived in Okinawa, I was a military spouse. It was like this mentality was island life. You could pretty much do whatever you wanted. It was kickback. There were moms that I would see, they would go pick their kids up at the bus stop and they'd have a glass of wine or a beer in their hand as they did it. And I was like, wow, I don't think you'd really ever see that in the States, right? Or the exercise physiologist at the gym had suggested that the women who took her class stop drinking alcohol. They were really offended. Right. They were just like, whoa, what are you talking about? This is part of the culture here. No way. And I mean, they really resisted. How did you feel when your coach said, let's consider stopping alcohol or moderating the use of alcohol? How did you feel about that? I was okay with it because deep down inside, I knew that was the right answer. And I think I had been waiting for someone to put their hand out to me and be like, it's okay, Christy. I had tried to quit drinking about 10 years before when I was still married and I just couldn't, the people around me liked to drink. So, you know, I, it was just really hard then. And 10 years later, I just knew that something needed to change. And I was like, you know, why not? I tried everything else. And then she also put the parameter on that. It was only for 30 days. And I was like, you know, I could do 30 days. Sure. It'll be like a, a bit of a detox. You know, I didn't drink through either of my pregnancies. There's other chunks of time that I had had where I had quit drinking. So I knew I could do it. It was just like, yeah, why not? Why not see um, see what happens? You really have to defend your choice to explore your relationship with alcohol. Yeah. You know, people are fine with you quitting sugar, quitting gluten. You know, if you're quitting crystal meth, people are supportive. But if you're quitting alcohol, people, it just brings up stuff in them. So there's a lot of just weird cultural pressure to drink. And it's everywhere now. And I think your your example of the moms picking up kids at the bus stop. I mean, that happens here. Absolutely. Mummy drinking is a big thing. That was a big, you know, part of my life when my kids were younger, um, getting together in someone's house. I lived in New York City, so I didn't have to drive 
we'd get together in apartments and the kids would be playing. We'd have some wine, you know, ha ha, lighthearted. Look at us. We're kind of these rebellious moms. But I mean, it's, it's sucking so much out of you that you don't notice. Alcohol is a drug and it's a depressant. So of course it's going to affect your overall wellness, both mind and body. It's a really interesting dynamic alcohol truly is. And as a matter of fact, when I was living in Okinawa with my husband, there was such this framework around drinking and the party culture that I actually didn't move onto a base. I actually lived off base so I could separate myself from that because I'm not a huge drinker anyway. But at the same time, I knew that I didn't want to get sucked into so much of that because I had other things to accomplish. We all have our personal journey. We have our personal choices. And one of the things that I wanted to also tap into is that modeling that you had growing up of having a dad who was an alcoholic. So when you looked at yourself and your own alcohol habits and use, did you find that this was a problem or that this was just usage that you needed to cut back or stop? Tell me more. I didn't think it was a problem because alcohol is, it is so complicated how you're using it, when you're using it, why you're using it. Alcohol use is on a spectrum. So I was what you would call a gray area drinker which is exactly what it sounds like, that gray area between like not drinking at all and being a a hardcore, you know, addiction problem. I was just in that fuzzy gray area where I wasn't drinking before noon. I wasn't blacking out behind a dumpster. I wasn't sleeping on a park bench. I didn't lose my kids. I mean, my kids were fed and dressed and driven and never late. And I was doing all the volunteering and I was working on my doctorate and I was doing all these things from the outside. It it looked, wow, she's this high functioning, achieving woman. But inside, like that's where I knew I was just sort of crumbling inside. And it took me a long time to recognize the tying of the alcohol to that part. My dad went to AA for, you know, 20 years. So I was very familiar with the 12 steps and I just didn't think that my alcohol use looked like as, and it didn't a little bit because men and women, it it is a little bit different and why they use it, how they use it. It's very complicated. So it is after I quit drinking, I identified with my dad a lot more and we did talk about it. It's funny. I never really made that connection between myself, my drinking and his drinking, other than I knew it was a genetic thing. I mean, I knew that I was raised with that, that this could be an issue, but it's just funny how your brain can go into like fooling yourself that mode, like, Hey, you don't have a problem. This is just, I'm the people I surrounded myself with. There was always somebody who um, was drinking more than me. Oh, you know, at least I'm not that bad. I'm not the one that's passed out. I'm not the one that, you know, can't get out of bed the next day. All of those things. Yeah, it's an interesting question. Well, it's an interesting dynamic for sure. It's an interesting issue because there is that gray area. We all at some point or many of us, I can't say all, but many of us dabble in alcohol or try alcohol and have our different habits around alcohol, eating, all of that stuff. Sometimes it's hard to do that self-reflection or see that there is a genetic factor or there is a model that is influencing us, or there is a situation that we're constantly in, such as I was in a sorority in college and was there alcohol there? Absolutely. Absolutely. How were you choosing to use it? How was I choosing to use it? We all have this different scale. And you could see that person falling out, passing out, blacking out. But then you also saw the functioning alcoholic. Yep. 
So let me ask you, when it comes to Purple Dog Sober, this is a different type of program. It's different than maybe a 12-step program because it's configured in a different way. It's configured around alcohol awareness and your personal use of it. So tell us more about your program. It's definitely not a step-by-step program. And I have women coming to me at different entry points. Some women do come to me and are like, I am ready to do a hard stop. I am done. I don't want this in my life. It's caused these problems in my life. I'm ready to just get rid of it. And others are like, "Hmm, I don't know. I don't know if this is the thing, but I'm curious and I want to explore it with you. And for them, I suggest, you know, we do, let's do 30 days. Let's see how you feel. Cause that's how you collect data about yourself. If you are always drinking daily, and that can just be even one glass of wine affects you, but getting rid of all alcohol for 30 days and then collecting that data. How did you feel at the beginning, emotionally, mentally, physically? How do you feel 30 days later? And that's when you can start to make some real decisions about what fits in your life and what doesn't. So the work that I do, it's super specific to the client, what they're going through, where they are. But I look at like a real holistic approach. Getting rid of the alcohol is sort of that real like super wide foundational piece. And that's in some ways, that's the easy piece because it is, you're just getting rid of alcohol. You're not having it in your house. You're not drinking it. But then it's like the emotional work, the social work, the sort of a soul level work for lack of a better term. That's where that real hard sticky stuff is. And I feel like if you're not doing both of those together, you can sort of end up just like white knuckling it through your recovery, sobriety, exploring your relationship with alcohol, whatever you want to call it. I focus on bringing lots of joy into my clients' lives because alcohol sort of starts to make your world look really gray and really one dimensional because in the end, you're often on your couch, whether it's by yourself, with your partner, with some friends, drinking, like your world is super small. So I talk about bringing joy into their lives. We really work a lot on radical self-acceptance because like I mentioned earlier, we, you know, we're drinking sometimes to hide things, to cover up parts of ourselves that somebody told us were bad parts of ourselves. We feel awkward with, you know, lots of us start drinking because we think we're socially awkward. So it's like when you remove all that bubble wrap, then that's when you can do that work of like, no, I I'm happy with who I am and how do I be comfortable with this discomfort of being a human being (laughs) because it is uncomfortable being a human being with all these emotions and you never know what's going to hit you. So um, it's just really working through on all those different levels. Well, I can appreciate that. Let me step back here because I want to cover a couple of things that you had mentioned. You mentioned a 30 day alcohol free span of time, which I think is, is great. And then you mentioned that's how we collect the information. That's how you collect the data. As you go through that process, what it feels like, how you feel impacted, what's your mood like, what's your energy level like, all those good things. So that's the qualitative data that you're collecting from that individual. And you're also learning about their phenomenology, their lived experience through that 30 days. That's the doctor side of you coming out. (laughs) It's that lived experience. It's that qualitative data. It's that surveying. And I love it because everybody's experience, lived experience is different. And it's so important. Those stories are so important as they work through it. 
Then you mentioned yep. the alcohol being like that big, vast kind of wide area. That's the starting place. It's the alcohol. Yep. So if you look at like Maslow's hierarchy and the top yep. of that chart is like self-actualization, right? Yes. And it's yep. like every layer is of that trying to get to yep. the top. And so you're uncovering those layers to really work towards that actualization and that understanding. Absolutely. And so I love that you mentioned that. So since you've touched on the purple dog sober way you work with people. And I don't know if you want to term it a program, but if it is a program, then we'll call it a program. But let's talk about this new venture that you are also pursuing sober wild. Talk more about that. That's still in very early stages, but it's something that I am building up alongside this. And that is that idea of recovery does not happen in church basements. Because I think when we talk about recovery, when we talk about sobriety, that AA, because it's such a big part of our culture, it's on every television show. Every time somebody in a television show or movie has a problems with drug or alcohol, they are in a church basement with a styrofoam cup of shitty coffee. And that's what recovery is like, right? Right. Which is fine. That's that's absolutely a, a perfect place to start if that's what's available to you, if that works for you. But... There can still be lots of isolation, lots of shame, lots of judgment in those spaces. If you're sneaking in the back door of the church to go to your secret meeting, you're carrying that layer of shame Mm -hmm. and guilt. You know, I am this person with this problem. I am an alcoholic. I am an addict. I will always be this person. And I call bullshit on all of that because you're just someone who was struggling with a substance. You know, it's those heavy labels that we put on ourselves. So the idea is you loneliness and isolation are huge detriments in their recovery process. If you're sort of isolating yourself, even though you go to this meeting, people then shuffle off to whatever they're doing. There's not that connection and that community that you really need to help support you. And then as you're getting sober or exploring relationship with alcohol, your friendships and relationships might change depending on who they are in your lives. If you only kind of have moms you hang out with who like to drink on their back porch, yeah, it might look a little weird on Friday nights for the next while. Like, what do I do? So that those are the two things I hear a lot. Loneliness, and then what do I do now that I'm not drinking? So Sober Wild is that place like, hey, let's go to the top of a mountain. Let's go kayaking in a lake. Let's just go for a walk by the river. Let's do yoga outside. Let's really challenge ourselves and sort of build up some of that self-esteem and getting away from that idea of liquid courage. Like I need this liquid courage to do these big things. Nope, you don't, you know, like you have that all in you, but it's me kind of helping you and some of the guides that I work with, like helping you do something that's challenging and brand new. Like, you know, if you're in an indoor rock climbing space and you make it to the top of that wall, like that is pretty empowering. And that just starts to sort of build up that muscle so that in your day-to-day life, whether you're dealing with your kids or your partner or your boss, you can sort of start to draw on some of that self-esteem that you built because you've been doing and putting yourself into these spaces that you might not have done before. And sometimes it's also just reconnecting with those parts of yourselves that drinking took away. I work with a lot of people who are like, I used to love to do this. I used to love to run. I used to love to go hike. I used to love to go camping. And that stuff's all sort of been taken away from them because they just have been focused on drinking. So it serves a lot of different purposes. And that connection with yourself in nature is huge. Yeah, I agree. It really is huge. It brings you back to something without 
all those influences and boundaries when you're out in nature, right? Yeah. It changes mm -hmm. the scope. Mm -hmm. It changes the framework of how you're doing self-healing. I think AA works for a lot of people, but I also think there's other options out there for healing. Yeah. And I think it's a great place to start. Like if that's the thing that's going to help you start, great, go into it. But I think also keep exploring, keep your options open because there are a lot of spaces that parallel that work, that add on to that work, you know, that have evolved since that work was first created in the 30s, I think AA was first founded. And I mean, it's evolved somewhat, but I think that there's just a larger world to explore in that space. So it's always that curiosity, like just keep being curious. Yeah. And I like that you have created the space for a different way of approaching substance use or alcohol use or abuse. As you said, there's guilt attached to it. And if you're going to a space where there's more guilt or you're hiding out or having going to through a side door or a back door to get there, it's adding to that. Ooh, there's something attached to this. This is a big no-no. You should feel shame where it's kind of lifting that away from that when you go into these outdoor spaces to really do some self-discovery, self-reflection and self-work. And so I love that you have provided another approach to working on self-care, self-wellness and recognition of how am I using such and such. And it's a different mindset too. We have covered a lot of ground here today, Christy. So let's close out with my last question. As we come to the close of the interview, my last question is, if you were to leave the listeners with one tip to support their journey, what would that be? I am going to say, be curious. Just ask yourself that question. Like, what if, what if my nightly glass of wine is the thing that's getting in the way? What if this bottle of wine is the thing, you know, like that, cause that's all it is. It's just being curious. People quit sugar all the time. It's just, it's a substance you're putting in your body that before I quit drinking, I had no idea what alcohol, what was even in alcohol. You just do it. So it's just, it's that curiosity. So just be curious. Like what if, what if I quit drinking for 30 days? What would happen? What if I quit for a year? What would come into my life if I got rid of alcohol? Being curious and staying open to new experiences. Well, thank you so much, Christy, for joining me on the Core Women podcast today. This was great. Thank you so much. Absolutely. You can follow Christy Krako on Instagram at Purple Dog Sober and at Sober Wild on Facebook at Purple Dog Sober. Thank you for joining us on the Core Women podcast with Dr. Summer Watson. We're so glad you're here and would love to connect more with you. Find us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Core Women and on Twitter at Core Women One. For more about Core Women and Dr. Watson, visit corewomen.com. Want more support and resources for amazing women like you? Great! Join Dr. Watson and Jen Fontanilla at the Life, Love, and Money Collective, a Core Women production that aids in understanding the key traits that might be getting in the way of living a life that you are absolutely passionate about. Connect with Summer and Jen and find out more at thelifeloveandmoney.com.